got some pores in this park. I got his pores in this park. I'm sorry. I got some pores in the park. I got, I got some pores in the park. Pores in the park uh, glass. H-Nor. I, I usually use blank ones. I just grabbed it. I was stressed and hurried. I got some pores in this park. I got some pores in this park. Oh, there were some pores in that park. There were <laughs> some pores in that park, no doubt. Welcome to A Spirited Life. I'm Mark. I'm Christine. This week we will be talking about initiatives and actions and how we are tracking our outcomes. Our Whiskey of the Week is all about the initiatives that this particular distillery has been working on with years in the making. And we'll talk about what filled our spirits this week. We want to live a spirited life. We're documenting our journey towards financial independence while balancing that with living in the present and enjoying our time in the journey. While we want to work towards financial independence, there's no guarantee for what tomorrow will bring. We don't want to wait to enjoy our lives because tomorrow isn't promised. We want to share our journey to help keep ourselves intentional and accountable. And we invite you to come along with us as we work towards living a spirit of life. Our Whiskey of the Week this week comes to us from Bardstown Bourbon Company, and specifically, we chose their Origin Series because that relates to taking initiative and taking action. The Origin Series is the culmination of years of work that Bardstown has been doing to produce their own distillate uh, in a whiskey, and so now we have three different offerings that they released last year. This is their Origin Series, their Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's 96 proof, and... Because of their commitment to transparency, I can actually just read this right off the side of the label here. Um, this was distilled by them, and it's a six-year bourbon that is 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley. Uh, and so, just diving right into this. Good nose. Nice honey color on it. Yeah, I would say it's a golden golden honey. It's not like an ambery, but it's got that light honeyness. Yeah. And this is one of three in the Origin series that they released. So this is the regular straight bourbon. They also have a weeded mash bill that they put out, and they also have a rye that they put out as well. So getting in on the nose. Get honey. Yeah. The, 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 the color matches the, the overall smell. A little bit of honey, a little bit of spice. Definitely not surprised to get a little bit of spice on the nose with that 36% rye, which I always like a little bit higher rye. Oh, I like a higher, high rye. So you're saying so, a little bit honey, a little bit spice, all the things nice. Maybe like a little bit of, a little bit of clove or a little bit of, um, a little bit of ginger. Ooh, I get the ginger. Like, cause there's a tang with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this has been one we've we've really enjoyed. I think when we first opened this bottle, we probably in the first week that we had it, we probably knocked it down to half. Mm, so, easily, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's delve Cheers. in and see Cheers. what we got. It's surprisingly soft. It's surprisingly soft, but it has like that, like it's like got that herbally rye kick at the end. It does. The spiciness like, definitely kicks in, in in the mid to late palate. It's kind of got a dryness to it. Like it, my mouth has that dry. Like it, I would expect it to have been a little more 
sweeter and more juicier on the nose. From the nose, I would expect it to be juicier and sweeter, but it has that. It still has that herbally um, and dryingness in my mouth. Yeah, I definitely. I can get that on the the sides of the back of my tongue where yeah. I get that where sometimes we get that. It's not astringency, but it is that drying quality that happens is definitely occurring here. A little bit of um, little bit of maltiness, mm-hmm. not a ton. No, uh, just a light bit of grain. And now that you know I've had a couple of sips, I'm picking up a little bit of uh, a bit of a cereal note on the the nose too. Yeah, I definitely get the honey on the front of my tongue. I'm trying to see if there's any other significant things like fruit that is coming out from this um if anything it would maybe be some of the lighter fruits maybe, i was gonna say i get like a peachy yeah maybe closer to like a a, a peach or a pear something along those lines mm-hmm. definitely not in like the, not the red deep dark fruits no no definitely more along the lines of uh, a lighter fruit still very enjoyable though a tangerine and a tangerine that's is that interesting the, is that like the thing that's like a peach but it's not fuzzy I have no idea, actually. Because like, I didn't like peaches, because I, I remember the fuzz. But there's one that it's. Okay. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's a tangerine that has just like the skin with no fuzz. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still a. It's a stone fruit. Yes. Yeah, I'm not getting it myself, but I, I mean, if if you're getting it, great. I'm actually getting a, a little bit more like the cereal grain kind of notes at this point. Definitely after a few sips. Now on my note on the nose, I get more of the grainy, grassy that I happen to love very much. Overall, still a really enjoyable pour. I'm getting a little bit of leather on the back of my palate. I could see that at the very end. Mm-hmm. Not a real long finish. No. It's a pretty short finish overall. Um, but it is definitely there. I think if I if I hunt for it and search for it, I can get a little bit of that leather note. Well, I appreciate Bardstown working on this initiative and working towards putting this out so that we could enjoy it. Let's delve in and let's talk a little bit now about initiatives and actions. We've got a little bit more of this in my glass here while we uh, talk about initiatives and actions here. Okay, who wants to take the initiative on the initiatives and actions? Uh, I mean, I can take the initiative on the initiatives and actions. All right, so talking a little bit about initiatives and actions, we wanted to start by reviewing kind of where we're at in the process. And if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to our previous episodes or watch our previous episodes on YouTube, you feel free to do that to catch up to where we're at in this process. And so we started with the why. We talked about being intentional. We talked about motivation. In the next episode, we talked about reflecting to see where we were at. And we reflected on our 2023 to Mm -hmm. see progress we had made, outcomes we had gotten to, uh, outcomes where we fell short. And then we talked about setting new goals and we talked about measuring and that helps with direction setting and helps to make sure that we know where we're trying to get to, where we want to go. So next we need to lay out the how. We need to talk about how we're going to get to where we want to get to based on what we want to accomplish. And so we need to determine how we want to make those goals a reality. So sitting down and coming up with our action plan. Absolutely. And and that's exactly why we want to talk about how we take initiative, how we take action, and building some action plans so that we can do something as opposed to just talking about this. So the reason why it, it's so important to make sure that we're outlining actions, whatever our initiatives are going to be, is because what we're talking about is new behaviors, and we need to be able to do something different than what we've done in the past. And 
frankly, there could be lots of ways, depending on the goals that you've set up for yourself, to be able to accomplish those goals. You want to be clear about what it is that you're going to do specifically for yourself and potentially for others who are involved in terms of getting those things done. So as an example, let's say if you're going to be working out, then at that point you need to decide, am I going to be running? Am I going to be swimming? Am I going to do weights? Do I need a coach to help set me up or am I going to be self-managing? And so taking a step back and saying, okay, what are the actions I'm going to take? How am I going to go about doing this? Make sure it's clear for you about what those behaviors should look like. So it's basically just taking my big goal or my goal for the quarter or the month or whatever I'm picking and breaking it down into pieces on how I'm going to do this. Right. So what are those little steps that you're going to take that go along with mm -hmm. making that goal a reality to getting to the outcomes that you want, to getting to the measures that you set up as mm -hmm. a part of those goals. So if we go along with like working out where it's not like my big goal for the quarter is to strength train three days a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a great goal. But how am I going to fit that in with the reality of my life? Like what are the ins and outs that's going to make it set up instead of like, Oh crap, I totally forgot to do this. And I'm supposed to do this, but I never, I don't have a plan. I don't have anything to keep my, my focus or in the, in those guidelines or those bumper pads mm -hmm. of, um, of life. So it's kind of like, okay, so what is this stuff going to do? Okay. So I'm just going to, this week, I'm going to, to take your, uh, thing just three days a week. I'm going to write down Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to put on my workout clothes and I'm going to do something. Yeah. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be intensive, but it's that little baby step that's going to get to the bigger baby steps Yeah, to set that habit. Yeah. And guess what? I actually need to go back and revisit that goal and those actions that I'm taking because I haven't been as good about that as I should. And so I'm going to refine that a little bit mm -hmm. to give myself something that I can anchor on, something that becomes a trigger for me to be able to do that. And that's a learning that goes along with tracking the outcomes and testing and adjusting, which we'll talk a little bit about here in a minute. Mm -hmm. But it's an early realization that there's an adjustment that I already need to make to being able to get to these outcomes the way that I want to. So I guess in a way, it's like when I talk to parents about children, it's not like all of a sudden at 18 months, you have the skill. You have to take all those steps and make it an effort to it to actually get those skills. So it's not like I'm going to be like, okay, after the first quarter, I am going to be working out three times a week. And it's just going to happen like that. I actually have to set up a plan, take initiative. You know, sometimes the, the actions can be more broad. They can be more specific depending on what you need, but you may need to make some tweaks and adjustments. You always want to go back and check and make sure that you're connecting back to the goal. Will your idea of whatever it is that you're going to do actually move that goal forward? And you may not know for sure. And so that's okay. That's why we do some of the testing. That's why we do the adjustment that we do over time so that we can say, hey, if this isn't working for me, okay, what do I do instead? So now I have a question. So we talk about actions and for that, my brain's going, okay, set up, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, get my workout clothes on, do something. So can either not doing something or focusing on mental actions be an action in setting up my goals? So like my mental approach is a big thing. So you think actions is some things you do. Yes. There's so, something, yeah, something that you're actually doing. I'm actually doing. So for mine, a lot of my stuff is I have to adjust my mental approach, which isn't so much a doing thing because it's all in my head, 
but I have to adjust how I think about and how I approach and how I set myself up to be able to continue with this habit. Yes. And so that is a part of making sure that you help yourself to take those actions in some appreciable way. Part of defining what those actions and initiatives are, Mm -hmm. are how you make sure that you do that. And so if you need something that helps your brain as a trigger uh, in terms of taking those actions or doing that work, if you need to think about that differently, it's definitely worth thinking about from that perspective. That's a part of what I was talking about earlier where I was saying, hey, I know that I want to be working out three days a week, even if it's five minutes, things like that. Mm -hmm. Where I've been failing there is that I haven't had that mental switch about when I should be doing that to create the motivation for me to do that. And so that's where I need to refine my action Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to anchor this to some sort of trigger. So as an example, at the end of my workday, I'm going to shut off my computer, I'm gonna close my laptop, and as soon as I do that, I know that the next thing for me to do is to go put on workout clothes. And and this is just an example, I'm not saying that this is what I'm going to do, although it might be. Where I have used that effectively in the past Mm -hmm. is in the morning, where I set up my morning routine based on triggers. So I wake up, I usually use the restroom, and then the next immediate thing that I do is go over and start my stretching routine. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I remember to pour my coffee first so that it cools down by the time I want to drink it. But it's pretty much that order. Use the restroom, pour the coffee, and then go start to stretch. And so all of those are triggers that are set up to happen in that order. Okay. And then I use the concept of habit stacking to add on to that when I add it in doing the routine of working out my core that I've now added in doing the weights. So the immediate trigger for doing my core work was my stretch. Mm -hmm. The immediate trigger for doing the weights work was doing the core work. And all of that is based on the first habit that I started, which was doing the stretching routine, Mm -hmm. which I started anchoring off of waking up as almost the first thing that I'm doing. So I think maybe my mental approach and my focus that I need to really work on might be part of... um the tracking and outcomes. Yeah. Cause that's my hiccup. Yeah. I guess. And Cause I'll, I'll have a plan and then for whatever reason that plan doesn't happen, whether I have a really bad day at work or like something comes out of the blue and I can't get to the workout that I had scheduled. My mental approach with going for that too, is just aim for better and not for the best with my, I'm an all or nothing person. So if I don't get my three workouts in it's, I, I failed where instead of going, okay, I didn't, but I got one in this week. Okay, great. Maybe the next week I got two or I got three and then I went back to two. But then if I look at it, look, I've done five over the time where I would have quit. I would have just done like the one. Um, and I think that's where it lines up with my natural approach. And I think that goes with everything. It's I'm an, I'm an all or nothing yeah. type of thought process. And so that's potentially an indicator that perhaps you need to break your goals down a little bit more, break your actions down a little bit more about how you think about them to make them smaller mm-hmm. so that they're easier to do. And so maybe it's just hey, I'm worried about maybe not the overall goal of three for the week, but one today. If I can just do one today, Mm -hmm. then I've accomplished my goal for today. And that helps build my goal for the week. And that helps build my goal for the month. And that helps build my goal for the quarter. It does, except for if I don't get that one that I need to do for today, I become hyper-focused on it. So if I'm like, okay, I need to do the one for today and 
something comes up. We get we go over to your parents or some other thing that just happens to come up and it derails my plan for today. That like sets me back. So that's kind of where my mental focus and figuring out how to approach my actions in a way that I could create an action plan but yet allow for flexibility or allow for times to be kind to myself instead of immediately going, well, you suck. In that, there's a couple of potential pitfalls that you want to make sure that you're aware of that you could run into. And some of those that you just described are good examples of some potential pitfalls that you can run into where if you're not looking ahead to make sure that you're giving yourself enough flexibility mm-hmm. in your ways of working to accomplish your goals, you can feel pretty defeatist. And that's where you need to give yourself a little bit of grace and also give yourself a little bit of planning to look ahead where possible and say, okay, if I'm going to have something that's potentially going to be interrupting, where can I move this to? And if it's not today, then how can I do it tomorrow where maybe I wasn't going to do that? So we kind of got to balance out being too vague and or hyper-focused. So you got to be able to understand that the just because you may have missed one day doesn't completely wreck your entire goal for the week or the month or anything like that Mm -hmm. you missed a day Mm -hmm. so that's fine get up and do it again tomorrow and tomorrow is another chance to be able to be successful in taking those actions and working towards your goal Uh, also one of the big things to make sure that you're not doing is is to actually change and don't just add a lot of times when people go to do something different they don't actually do something different what they do is they say well i'm going to start to do this they don't talk about what they're replacing they don't talk about what they're going to stop doing that's my big issue yeah and the problem with that is is that you will very easily run out of time in the day to do all of the things that you now feel like you need to do you do need to spend some time thinking about what you're going to change as opposed to oh i'm just going to add this Mm -hmm. in your day is already filled with time already filled with things that need to happen in that time. And so therefore you have to determine where you're going to make space for this and potentially what is the thing that you're going to give up to be able to make that new action a reality. So it's kind of like trade-offs and refocusing. Exactly. And so as an example, you may say, Hey, I want to spend more time reading. Okay, good. Well, what are you going to stop doing so that you can spend more time reading? Perhaps it's, I'm going to stop watching YouTube videos not no, ours. no, thank you. Podcasts or something like that so that I can focus on reading. So there has to be some sort of replacement that's happening in some way, unless you just have these massive voids of time that you then you can start doing something new. All you're going to do is stress yourself out more. Yep. And they become. What's the stupid word? Never mind. Let's just cut all this because now I can't remember the word. OK. Resentful. Resentful. Now, nah, you got, okay, now I totally lost my thing, but it's resentful. The word is resentful. When you're talking about your actions, not trying to do something that's too big. Doing something too big can lend itself to what you were describing earlier about that all or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. If I don't get all of these things in, then I'm not successful. And why am I doing this anyway? And you end up going down that spiral of defeatist kind of mentality. I know that mentality very well. And yeah. I know what it's like to try to set goals that are way too um too big or too audacious for the short term the last thing on the list from potential pitfalls is trying too many things or changing too many things at once we know that 
people just can only absorb so much change and can only take on so much change. And if you try to do too many things, you try to change too many things at once, number one, you're going to have a difficult time even just keeping track of all of those things, no matter what type of tracking you put in place. But number two, you're going to have trouble in terms of making sure that you're not stressing yourself out too much with taking on too many changes. I feel like you're speaking to my soul right now. Hello, soul. Is it dark in there? Don't look around too hard. <laughs> it's a scary place. All right. So we talked about setting actions and potential pitfalls. Um, what's next is what? Tracking? How do we track ourselves? Yeah. So the, the next thing that we want to take a look at is we want to talk about tracking outcomes. And we want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up to be able to see how we're doing in those actions. And if those actions are having... Uh, uh, a noticeable difference. And so we need some sort of method for checking back in to see that progress is happening or in some cases not happening, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes this can be invisible. We are doing things and we don't have a way of actually visualizing that to expose that and help build awareness. And so doing some sort of tracking, doing some sort of way of visualizing this, it gives you that information so that you can take intentional next steps towards getting towards your goal and some of the things we were talking about earlier being able to track some of these things helps you understand okay am i even successful in taking these actions or not if i'm not now i know that there's something i need to change what types of systems have you used to track your goals what have you done in the past so i've tried the quarterly every three months or so here check in that last like maybe the first quarter um I have now went, okay, so I'm going to do weekly because I want to stay focused. And now I'm learning that I am becoming hyper-focused and it's probably not having the best outcome other than I'm getting everything done. Mm -hmm. But I'm becoming like overly hyper-focused on it. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance short-term enough tracking that it helps build the habit but yet long-term enough that I give myself the ability to be flexible and I'm not judging based on seven days. And if I don't hit everything in seven days, then I, I suck. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm doing two different types. I'm doing a little one in my, uh, my planner, my calendar planner that I put little dot colored dots when I hit whatever plan I have, whether it's, um, we're working on learning how to edit and do all this stuff for the podcast slash YouTube or I'm sticking to my budget or I'm working out, I have different colored dots. So okay. then I will go back in a month and count up how many dots I have compared to how many days I had and to kind of see how my progress went. Okay. So you actually talked about a couple different aspects of this, a couple different aspects of tracking. And I want to call those out and make sure that it's explicit for the people who are listening that one you're talking a little bit about frequency. Mm -hmm. And so frequency is important to know how often are you going to track your outcomes? How often are you going to do those check-ins for your actions? Mm -hmm. And you talked about, hey, am I doing this on a you know monthly basis, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? There is no one right answer. But, and of course nothing matters before the but, but doing it more often will help build the habit. And so in a lot of cases, you want to make sure that you're doing it at the right frequency that it encourages the right behavior. Plus, mm -hmm. you're also getting the information back 
in a reasonable amount of time so that if you're not getting the right outcome, you can take action to do something different. Mm -hmm. I personally like daily for a lot of things because that actually helps to build that muscle. It helps to build that habit. But I, you can go weekly if it makes sense. I wouldn't go much beyond that because at that point, if you're setting quarterly goals, you're potentially losing a fair amount of time in between each one of those check-ins to know whether or not you need to make mm-hmm. an adjustment to what you're doing to be able to hit your goal. Otherwise, the time can slip away from you. And the next thing you know, like you've lost half the time to getting to your goal and you may not be able to catch back up. Yeah, I see that. I see for me, though, because I was doing daily, but I became so hyper focused. I had a piece of paper on the fridge. I had my planner journal and then my other journal that I would go through daily to make sure I'm getting all this done, which then I don't think was the best mental setup for myself to do a daily thing Mm -hmm. because I would just like if I didn't check those stuff off and I would just become a I uh, work for gold stars and stickers. So if I didn't get my gold stars, it would send me down this kind of like almost defeatist loop. No, do better. But then I become overly obsessed. I'll become overly obsessed. Let's go. Watch me. I will have a whole calendar of gold stars. What I'm telling you is that you need to adjust it so that it actually works for you. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work for you because you're too hyper-focused on that and you feel defeatist, that's fine. Then do it less. Mm -hmm. This guy's just explaining the difference why I can't do the daily things. Why my brain goes a certain way when I do it daily. Mm -hmm. Um, And how I'm trying to balance with regular check-ins but not... so regularly or so soon that I become hyper focused. Obviously, it sounds like daily is working well for you. No. Or <laughs> or you think daily might help you? No, that that's not it. Um, the problem is is that I don't I don't have my system in place yet. Okay. So I have not taken the time to set up my system yet, which is. <laughs> All right. So. We talked a little bit about frequency. We talked about uh, how often and what makes sense and needing to dial that in that, you know, sometimes it could be that uh, you want, want to make sure that you're getting the feedback on a regular basis. But if you find that it, it is problematic for you, then you dial it back a little bit and you'll have to dial in and figure out where the sweet spot is for that. Um, you want to make sure that you visualize it in some way, whether that's physical or whether that's digital. There's always trade-offs between those two things. Um, you know, with digital, it's always available. I'm always got my, my watch or my phone on me, things like that, but I may not always see it. And it may not always be something where I have that reminder of looking at it because I don't have the app open because I don't have whatever my tracking system is open. And so therefore it's easier to ignore where a calendar that's up on the wall, I'm going to see that I can't turn that off. I can't put it away in my pocket. That actually helps create more of a trigger. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, there is also a physical interaction component. So it's not surprising to hear you say that you like doing the little check marks. You like doing the little tick boxes. Mm -hmm. There is something that triggers in our brain when we check things off of lists. And when we do that physical action, that gives us that sense of accomplishment that way. My sticker chart. Yes. Um, You talked about color coding. Yes. Color coding is a great way. 
uh, from an indicator perspective to give you a, a really quick look at what's going on mm-hmm. with your visual management and where you're potentially lacking or where you're falling down, where you mean may need to take action. Yeah, that's why I really like color coding about is that I can look at the calendar and see if I have too many green, a lot of green dots, but like a few pink dots. Like it's a quick visual indicator of where I'm spending my time and where I need to adjust. Absolutely. And that's something that you can leverage just, you know, even buying a, a four pack of markers at the store that gives you at least four colors or the 10 pack or anything like that. You like a little bit more variety. Overall, all of this is, again, just to reiterate, something that you need to test and learn and see what works for you. Different ways of doing this work for different people. Mm-hmm. You said that you like having your little notebook that you carry around and take with you. That is a good, happy medium between having something that is big and sits up on the wall and is is obvious mm-hmm. Um, but not something that, you know, something that's still portable and you can take with you, Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily hide in your pocket. Yeah. I think this is also good too, because this whole, a spirited life project that we're starting is making me focus and try out different ways and work all my systems and find out what works best for me and kind of help set me up for success. That is ultimately what you're trying to do is build a system for yourself that works. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got things where, hey, you try out, like you said, daily check-ins, driving me crazy. I cannot do that. Okay, good. What is that right frequency? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? I tried doing something digital, but the digital didn't work because I didn't find myself using it and I wasn't looking at it enough. Okay, what do you want to try differently? If that's not working for you and trying these different things, these different ways of tracking your outcomes is important to be able to say, you know, how am I getting that information to allow me to make the adjustments, to allow me to see my progress, no matter what it is that people do, it's important to make sure that you're doing something to track that progress Mm -hmm. so that you can adjust if you need to. Well, and then even when tracking progress is that, um, it's just, you've also learning from the misses and the misses aren't failures. But they're just opportunities to reflect and then come up with better actions to try again. When we need to try something else again, that's where we're going to test and we're going to adjust and we'll make those adjustments. That's that next try that we're going to do. As you're getting started, you'll be trying a variety of things. And some of these things are going to work. Like you said, some of those things aren't going to work. Mm -hmm. So what we were talking about before, keep this in mind. Know that some things might not work. And that's okay. It's okay if some of these things don't work off the bat. You might need to make some adjustments or you simply may need to give up on some of the things that you're trying and replace them with something completely different. And so that is why tracking is so important. So don't skip tracking. If there's anything that's super important, it is the tracking piece of things so that you can make these adjustments. If you don't have the information, you won't be able to know how you're progressing or how your progress is going or if you need to make adjustments or changes. And oftentimes you won't know if some of these actions are actually going to work until you go and give it a try. How many times have you tried something with a goal in mind, with an outcome that you've already started to work on, with some measures that you've defined, and you do that thing and then all of a sudden you don't get to the outcome and the measures don't actually move. How many times does that happen to you? Oh my gosh, like 90% of what I do. 
I am going to track daily. That didn't help. I am going to track quarterly. That didn't help. I have to do a lot of failing to get a win. I think that's true, actually, for a lot of people. I keep reminding myself is that everyone says no one stops. No one starts perfect. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, aim for better, not perfect. And if you start perfect, did you really even learn anything? Like you learn more from failing. Like, again, I'm going to bring it back to children because that's all I ever really know. But um, how many times do they have to fall down to know how to not fall down? Yeah. And kids learn to walk by learning to not fall. Mm -hmm. they have to fall or else you don't know what it feels like to start to fall or how to correct yourself when you start to fall. So if you don't ever fall, you don't know what it feels like to catch yourself. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably really tough for people who try things and it works out for them the first go around because they're not really learning anything other than just to do that same thing over again. No. And I think that goes frustrating. Like I've had things where I've stopped it, where I've started and I just, it was just natural and I picked it up and I went and I'm like, okay, I'm doing really good. And then I go try something that's a little more challenging for myself. And I'm like, this is a struggle. This hurts. I am not getting this. I'm not understanding this. And then I end up quitting a lot faster because I maybe not had to have had struggling like that before to actually gain the skills. As I'm sure you could tell lots of people, I have um, a very short uh, patience and attention span. Yeah, you're not alone in that. There are a lot of people who they focus so much on the concept of success. They mm -hmm. focus so much on the concept of being good or being right that they don't realize that expecting to fail and expecting to have to adjust is a part of the process and it is a part of the learning process and that's okay. But to your point, none of us start out great. Mm-mm. It is like, do you think that Michael Phelps started out fantastic? No, I think he probably started out pretty darn good, though. Yeah, he probably started out pretty good, but <laughs> time and effort and training and plans. And I'm sure he had coaches that they started with one way and their their systems didn't work well or he didn't work well with them. And they had to start a different thing. Yeah. But no one ever stops and thinks about all that. You, Everyone focuses on the end product mm -hmm. and forget about all that messy middle. Yeah. All of the work that he did up to that point to get to where he was at. And he's just one example. Mm -hmm. There's lots of examples of, you know, people who tried and things didn't work out and they learned a lot from what didn't work. Uh, famously, Blizzard had worked on a video game for years and never released it. Um, and I think it was called Titan Project Titan. They literally worked on it for years and they never released the game. Mm -hmm. But from all of the things that they learned from doing that development work. Put from, into something else. They absolutely put it into other games and it's influenced the other games that they put out and continued to help them be successful in other ways. And so they learned through the failing that they had in trying to create that one game. And they learned about what to do next with their next games to make those games better. So just because something in the end technically fails, that doesn't mean you failed because you probably learned a lot of skills of what to do, what not to do, or just played up straight skills that you never had before that you could apply to something else. Absolutely. And that's all a part of testing and adjusting. Again, a lot of times 
we may not know what's going to work for us. We may not know what's, what's going to help get us to those goals. We have an idea based on the actions that we're trying, but if we all of a sudden discover that whatever it is that we're doing is not working, we need to get that information so that we can make those adjustments. We need to get that information so that we can make those changes. Mm -hmm. And so finding that right balance of, okay, how often do I need to check in? How often do I need to make sure that I'm, I'm updating my metrics and my visual management so that I can see if I need to make an adjustment? And kind of the big thing off of that is, is well, how do you know when to make an adjustment? There's no magic way to know. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to do it too soon because there could be the pain of trying something new and it just feels uncomfortable and you want to shy away from that. So you, you don't want to shift yep. too soon in that adjustment. But then you don't want to hang on too long where... Because oh, you could have wasted all that. You wasted all that time when you could have had a moment to sit down and went, okay, does this work? Doesn't this work? Which way are we going to go? Right. And so trying to find a happy medium based on what mm-hmm. you're trying and give yourself a timeline, mm-hmm. give yourself an idea as far as, okay, how often am I going to be doing this? How many repetitions do I need to do this before I discover whether this is working or not? Mm-hmm. If I you know, only do a couple, that's probably too few. And so I'm probably still getting used to whatever it is that I'm doing, or maybe it hasn't gone on long enough to actually make the impact the way that it needs to. Mm-hmm. But if I've done too many, now I'm starting to waste my time because now I'm starting to do something that's not actually working me towards my goal and it's not actually helping me mm-hmm. in terms of getting to my outcome. And it sounds like a lot of it's just personal. Like your your time frame and my time frame might be completely different. Absolutely. And I would say it's probably based somewhat on the frequency of when you're doing the the particular activity. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that you're doing on a daily or weekly basis, you probably need to try that for like somewhere in the neighborhood of like four to six weeks, mm-hmm. right? But if it's something that you're only doing once a week, you probably need to do it the whole quarter Qu- yeah. before you're really going to know whether or not mm-hmm. it's working well for you. Because if I give up even after like the first month, that could be just discomfort. And if I would have maybe pushed on and, and tried into the second and third month, mm-hmm. then I actually start seeing the outcomes that I want. Mm-hmm. Anything else on testing and adjusting? No, I'm I'm honestly really looking forward to seeing how I change and adapt because I haven't put much thought. I just I jump in or I quit. Like like I'm very all or nothing type person so i think having this and having quarterly check-ins or just having this conversation Mm -hmm. um with you and everyone else who wants to listen or watch um it's helping like i've already learned like the difference between being too vague or overwhelming myself and trying to find that balance um between goal setting and then between how i track and my actions like kind of all that so i'm already learning more a little bit more about myself to make sure that i I'm working on my goals, but not becoming an obsessive freak or not just quitting. Good. And that's growth. And as we like to, at the end of each episode, we're going to talk about what filled our spirit. So what filled your spirit this week? Yeah. So at work, I've been working with a team and getting them ready over the last couple months to do quarterly planning themselves. And we've been making that a reality this week. And so it's been good to 
see the teams get an opportunity to do that quarterly planning. And it's been good to see their growth, see them asking questions, see some opportunities for coaching and help guide them along the way. That's been really good. Awesome. How about you? I paid off my car. Which is super exciting. Oh my gosh, Birdie. My car's name is Birdie. Birdie is now all mine. Had to be a good feeling. Oh my gosh, it was the best. I mean, it was a little bit of a hassle on the banks, in and out, whatever. But it was amazing. Just to be like, yeah, you mine. You're my car. Yeah, so that that actually was the last thing that we had in terms of outstanding significant debt. Mm -hmm. And so we effectively accomplished one of our goals for the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, which was getting back to zero. Alrighty, and that's all we have for this week. Uh, what do we have on tap for next week? Yeah, so next week we're going to be delving a little bit into how to get started on the journey for financial independence. Talk a little bit about some of the things that we did, some of the things that we looked at, and how to start taking those first steps. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. Yep. Join us then, and in the meantime, live a spirited life. The topics and information on a spirited life should not be taken as financial advice and should be considered for entertainment purposes only.